Happy Wednesday, drama listeners. It's Connor. And listen, I am so excited to tell you about our Patreon. So I don't know why I'm being sing-songy today. It's 11 o'clock at night when I'm recording this, which is kind of like your behind-the-scenes moment, your BTS moment of the day. Anyway... I really want to tell you guys about our Patreon, which is where Dylan and I talk to each other, just us twins, a couple of times a month. For $5, you can hear these exclusive conversations where we do deep dives into theater, pop culture, love, life, New York City, and the entire world, y'all. We also have some videos of past episodes, including today's. So if you love today's guest, whose name I'm not going to spoil, even though you read in the title of the episode, but you can watch our chat with him on our Patreon because it's live and it actually went live early. So you get drama on Tuesday instead of Wednesday this week, which you need a time machine to actually go back and see. But okay. Anyway, $5 a month, patreon.com backslash the drama podcast. And we also have so many episodes where Dylan and I predicted this entire Tony season. We did final predictions. Now the awards are out. So we're also going to be dropping a Tony's reaction episode, which you're going to love. Thank you for supporting the podcast. We absolutely love you. The support and love does not go unnoticed. We are so excited to be bringing you a new one today with, okay, I'm ready to spoil it. CJ Polakowski from the closing cast of Jersey Boys. And I think you're really going to love this chat. There's so many fun, exciting openings happening on Broadway right now. And there's a lot of sad closings. And so we want to give you this farewell chat with CJ as he says goodbye to the boys. And we say hello to a new era. All right. On to the show. Thank you. I love you. Mwah. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Listen, Connor, we have not talked about TV that you and I are watching lately, and we need to discuss something very important. Is it what I think you're going to say? It's Kaylee Cuoco, My Descendant Season (laughs) 2. Who I never had a connection to because I'm not a Big Bang Theory guy. We we don't identify with the Bazinga community. <laughs> Amy Amy Poehler Amy Poehler once described it as the Bazinga community. I think it was that's the hysterical. first time flight attendant was at the Emmys. Wait, yeah. did you know that Young Sheldon is in college now? I like I show. did because I had like a sponsored ad for him. And did you know that it's also over a hundred episodes? <gasps> Syndication, baby. Here we Who go. Who is watching? I mean, it's so funny. Like, I saw this tweet recently. It was about the Equalizer starring Queen Latifah. And it was like, <laughs> our parents in the generation above us watch completely different things than we do. And we never hear about them because they're not on Twitter. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's probably true. Oh, that's really funny. Wait, remember when we saw um, Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812 and the mm-hmm. kid who plays young Sheldon was seated near us, but we knew him from Big Little Lies season one. Yeah. And we said, you were so was... good as Ziggy. Oh, yeah. He was Vic very precocious. He was singing, he was lip syncing to the entire Natasha Pierre score. He knew he everything. Knew. Yeah. The whole like That's opening true. scene where it's all the different names and stuff. No, Kaylee Cuoco does deliver. I think she's an amazing actress, executive yeah. producer, whatever hats she also wears on the flight attendant. And I think season two is just as good as season one. 
I like the energy a lot. It's like a little bit more zany, but also I know I love it. And also you have thoughts about Zasha Mamet, don't you? I do. I do. Mainly her character in girls, but we can talk about it another time because we do have an amazing guest and not a lot of time today. (laughs) We're blue. We're blue balling the listeners today with every thought we've had. I know today I had a thought, right? Oh, infamous. Okay. Okay. Maybe a dose of drama coming from you about the Mamet girl or the Mamet dad. There could be doses of drama for both, I guess. But anyway, I'm so excited. This is this is long awaited. Our guest today is an actor, singer, songwriter, and star who's currently starring as Bob Gaudio in the final company of Jersey Boys at New World Stages in New York City. He will also soon be seen playing opposite Nick Jonas in the very same role in Jersey Boys Live, a filmed version of the musical coming out this year. Before embodying the boy from Jersey, our guest was seen on the National Touring Company of Book of Mormon, where he took on a range of roles, including Elder Young, Elder Neely, Elder Cunningham's dad, Jesus, and Hitler. He also appeared off-Broadway in A Letter to Harvey Milk. This multi-hyphenate recently wrapped the television pilot, Folk, in which he co-wrote and co-created alongside Casey Gasparini. The pilot also features his incredible original music. Additionally, his debut singer-songwriter EP is now available anywhere you stream or buy music. Everyone, please welcome to drama, CJ Polakowski. What's up, guys? <laughs> it's so good to have you. It is such a pleasure being here, and um, that was the nicest introduction that someone has given me so i would like to carry you around with me at all times so that you could just you could tell everybody who who i am i'm very good i'm i'm ready i i'm more than down i i feel like we had a fun experience because dylan was just in new york and we saw jersey boys dylan had never seen it before and we met you after which you know now that we've switched to recording the podcast in zoom and dylan's in a different state we very rarely get to meet our guests when we record in real life so it was such a treat to get to actually see you face to face it was so nice honestly like thank you guys for coming i think you guys saw a great show if i remember correctly it was so nice meeting you like face to face so okay and just for just for my brain dylan you are back in cleveland right now you're close i'm actually in columbus my boyfriend and i moved here i went to school here and he's from here originally. And so we decided to like set down some roots. Okay, where'd you go to school? The Ohio State University. Okay, so we are indeed uh, complete rivals <gasps> because I went to Indiana University. Wow. You're a boilermaker. So, no, no, that's Purdue. Oh, How well, could you? That's what I know. <laughs> can, you, can you tell we're jocks? <laughs> I, oh, I got that impression, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're we're all in the same company. But but uh, I, IU IU is in fact the uh, completely made up uh, mascot of the Hoosier. Oh yeah, the Hoosiers. How can I forget? That's like an iconic mascot. How could you forget? I know. I mean, honestly, like yeah. And, and if you oh ask me God. what the mascot looks like, I couldn't tell you. I always assumed <laughs> it was a basketball player. Is that like a strange? thing to think no it basically is and there's there's the film about like hoosiers and uh who's your daddy right oh yes i I, i've seen that one as well yeah (laughs) we can talk about that one later (laughs) um okay wait wait so iu is that in indianapolis uh it's in bloomington actually it's like an hour south of indy okay okay very cool did you have a good experience there i actually had the the time of my life uh my freshman year was not so was not so time of my lifey uh because i went i went there and didn't know what the hell i wanted to do 
Uh, and then it took me like two years of trial and error to like try a million different majors. And then once I finally like solidified, like, oh, I think I want to do this acting thing full time. That's when really I feel like my like college experience started. And you were able to finish, like do the degree there. Yeah, I, uh, I went in as a graphic design major and then I think I literally changed my major like six or seven times and then wound up getting cast in Oklahoma, the musical. Uh, and I played uh, CJ the Cowboy. Oh, nice. <laughs> one of, self-titled? One of, self-titled. No, actually, the, like, our, the director of our program was like, it's a great story. He, he, like, in the first rehearsal, he was like, okay, now all the ensemble members, I want, I want you to feel like you're actually a part of this community and this town. So he went around and, like, gave everyone very specific names. And then he got to me. And I think I was the only one not in the actual acting program at the time. So he obviously had forgotten. <laughs> to give me a name so on the spot i like watched i would like watch the thought process he was like and cj you will be cj the cowboy oh and i was God. like <laughs> but of course as like i like I, you know i was like new to that whole mm-hmm. uh, industry uh, that whole department so i was like oh this is great oh wow it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be really incredible like i'm so excited <laughs> i'm sure you slayed were, were you in like farmer and the Cowman and absolutely were you in what is the one kansas city i I believe i was in kansas city if uh, my memory serves me and uh i think my like i think my big solo line was gonna give you barley carrots and potatoes oh nice that is great that's great the potatoes it's infamous. The people, it, it is, the, it is. Rumor is people are still talking about it back at IU. <laughs> wow. CJ the Cowboy is famously a giver. So this is like... Always. Legend. Yeah. Stuff of legend. Now, CJ, have you always been CJ? Or did you go by... Like, I don't know if that's your first name or your first name, middle name. You know, my, my mom and my dad always wanted a CJ. And my dad's name is Christopher. So uh, they gave me my father's name. And then uh, John has biblical uh, connotations. So... So they cited on. Really, he's a famous one in the Bible. It's kind of, it's kind of a big deal. I didn't want to say yeah. that, but um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so they basically like filled in the blanks with CJ. But then in school, I always went by Chris, and at home, I always went by CJ. But then in like second or third grade, I think we had like five Chris's in our class. So our teacher was like, does anybody go by a nickname at home? And a friend of mine who knew that, like, my parents call me CJ, they raised their hand and was like, he goes by CJ at home. And then and, and I didn't I didn't want to go by CJ in school. I wanted there to be a separation for some reason at the time. But then from there on out, I was CJ forever and always. It works. I do see you as a Chris. I actually also see you as a Christopher John. Okay, so I was going to go by Christopher John, uh, moving to New York as, as just like, uh, I was going to drop Paula Kowski together because it's very hard to say in many letters. Um, but somebody told me early on that that was pretentious. Christopher John. It is a little Ivy League. It's a little Ivy League. We did, know, we did know a frat lord at Ohio State named Christopher John, who was a lovely guy. A lovely, lovely, lovely guy. Yeah, um, I always thought he kind of was into me, even though he was definitely straight, but that's a story for <laughs> Wait, me. Dylan, <laughs> I felt that about me and him. <laughs> You're like, are you going to throw a football or kiss me right now? Because like, <laughs> <laughs> it was very that. Oh my god. Anyway, okay. So we've kind of gotten into it. We've heard about your origin of your name, and before we hear about some other origins, CJ, I'm wondering, just as we kick off this episode, are you well? You know, I think I really am well. Uh, <laughs> to answer that question, I think this winter felt like it was two years long. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was just a hard get through. Like, oh man, like, like usually like I, I'm again from Indiana. So 
like you know like snow snow and winter and cold weather like that's nothing new to me but this winter felt like it was five years long but like yesterday was this beautiful day in the city um and i was able to walk through central park and like get a bunch of errands done outside so i do feel like overall i am very very well you give off a, a well energy in general. Your skin is also uh, glowing. You seem well rested. I feel like a new era is coming. You know, it's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for me. And uh, and you're feeling good. How are how are you guys? Are you guys well? I would say yes. Despite beforehand, we did share with you that Connor and I are frazzled, but it's because the podcast has been absolutely crazy lately. We're having a problem we've never had before, which we're overbooked. So like we have so many guests and episodes that need to come out, but within certain parameters. And so it's, it's, but it's a good problem to have. And also Dylan has, and, a, has a new job in a way, which I don't know if we can keep that or cut that, but Dylan has a new job and yeah. things are crazy, but I am well, CJ, I completely relate to what you're saying about how this winter feels like it went on for two years. I truly went through the emotional ringer. I feel like I was not mentally well for so much of it, just very in my head. I don't know. It's it's like the, pandem- the pandemic happened and is happening, and then quarantine was what it was. And then we were kind of in this in-between phase where things were great. And I feel like I overcorrected majorly in a lot of ways, like did a big move, got a new job, really w- socially went out there. And now I'm kind of like, look at your choices. What have you done? What are you doing? Like, what do you actually want? So I'm hopeful that I can do a little reset right now. Literally just this past Monday, I was kind of feeling like, I feel like I'm on the right path. Like I'm, I kind of, I'm getting my mind right about what's going forward. So I'm feeling more well than I was a week ago. Good, good. I know it it just feels like everybody was floundering and trying to recalibrate to life again, all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And like, because of that, so many things fell by the wayside, whether it be like your love life or your friends, your social life, like your career, like it just feels like trying to come out of the pandemic. We're all just throwing everything at the wall and just like waiting to see what sticks this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's taking me a little bit of time to get my feet steady back on the ground. But it, none of it's the hill to die on. Like we all know that, that like we're going to get through this stage. So it's just it's just another little bump in the road of a uh, global crisis. <laughs> right. And I can imagine it also feels like there's a new dawn, as we've mentioned a few times for you, because this project that you've been attached to for a while, Jersey Boys, is also sadly coming to an end. But, you know, it's always bittersweet, I can imagine, in, in the business, to because then there's new opportunities that will arise. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we close uh, we close on May 22nd. You know, I have to say on the whole, like, we didn't necessarily see it coming. Uh, like, Jersey Boys is just such such an iconic hit in New York. But that said, I think there's a time, I think there's a time to be on Broadway. There's a time to be doing a show and a time to take a break and take a pause. And I think this is just Jersey Boys' time to take a breather, particularly with the excitement of the movie coming out hopefully later this year, uh, details TBD. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I do, I don't think the, uh, the journey for the show is over. And I do think that, I do think that it's going to be an incredible closing and like it, it is very, very bittersweet, like you said. Yeah. And we mentioned earlier, we were lucky enough to see you as Bob Gaudio. You were absolutely incredible. And I, I didn't know a whole lot about the, other than Frankie himself, I didn't know a whole lot about the other guys. And I think you have a really tricky role. From what I, from what I can tell, Bob has some, he's complicated. He's, he's the brains of the operation. And like, mm-hmm. 
for a lot of people would argue that the four seasons weren't the four seasons until Bob entered the group because they needed guidance. They needed to streamline their career. And Bob, with his experience already with the success of short shorts, um, where he literally, it, it was top of the charts and he toured, toured the US, he dropped out of high school to do it. Like Bob Gaudio is, is the real deal. He is a real, genuine, successful singer-songwriter. And uh, so to be a singer-songwriter, playing a singer-songwriter, as iconic as Bob Gaudio is, is another world in its own. But, um, but yeah, he, it, it's, a, it's a complicated role, mainly in terms of, actually the most, most complicated part of it is it's a very tactile role. As anybody who's seen the show can obviously see, you are wheeling this piano farfisa around stage for two and a half hours. <laughs> and there are microphones zooming on and off. There's like platforms lowering and coming up and you're running upstairs and then you're getting back to your farfisa. And like all the while, like you, every 30 seconds, you're turning back to the audience to tell them a long, a long monologue and hoping that you're funny, hoping that you're like <laughs> nailing all the punchlines. There's, there's no time to think in the show, which is, which is actually, it's a fun track to get to do every single night. Mm -hmm. Totally. And all your choreography is with. The, the keyboard. What did you call it? A It's called a Farfisa. It's like the brand of... Um... Farfisa, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. No, it's such a good show. I mean, I I mean, I mean, work on it in, in an advertising sense, and it's sad for me to see it go because I was talking with somebody I work with, you know, for us, like around our age, like late 20s, early 30s, like we've all never known New York theater without Jersey Boys in New York. It really does feel like this fixture. So it's it, it's so yeah. weird to see it just not there anymore. I don't know. It's really sad. And it's such a good show. I really think it set the standard for what these kind of bio jukebox musicals should and could be like, because I think it tells the story in such a concise way. There's never a dull moment. It really flows well. It really does. And you guys are great. I, I really appreciate that. True. Like that, that means a lot to piggyback off of what you're saying. Like, I think, I think the genius behind it is that they, they wrote it re truly, truly wrote it to try to be a play with music, which was mm -hmm. easy for them to do because the four seasons were always seen performing on television. So for 95% of the songs, you're watching them tell the story and then just basically perform the numbers that they were doing on television in different settings and different formations and whatnot. And honestly, Jersey Boys was my my dream show. Book of Mormon and Jersey Boys were my two dream shows moving to New York. Oh my God. Uh, and so it's it, time to find another one. Then. <laughs> no, right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You've done them both. <laughs> to be one of the like last Bob, I just never thought that it would ever happen, let alone to uh, be one of the last Bobs to uh, be in New York as of now is uh, a huge honor and privilege. And I don't take that for granted any day and you're going to be immortalized in the the streamed version once that comes out that's crazy cj it is crazy is an is an understand it is it's insane it's insane i i got that phone call when i thought that my agents were calling to drop me in the middle of the pandemic <gasps> middle of the pandemic there was like nary a word about anything of the movie and like <laughs> it was just still dead and so my agents told me they were going to call me on this random day. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I think this is the last kick out the door I needed. Like, this is definitely they're calling to drop me. And I was like, that that's OK. Like, you know what? I'll like move back to the Midwest and do graphic design again or something. <laughs> so um, 
I, I walked around the city for four hours. It just kind of like literally like say, I kid you not. It, it sounds way more dramatic, but I was just having a nice day and like kind of saying my goodbye and like wrapping my head around leaving. Oh wow! And then they called me. They called me and led with that I may have heard that they were going to film the show starring Nick Jonas, and they had just greenlit me to play Bob Gaudio opposite him. And when I tell you, I was in Fideye and I collapsed on the sidewalk and just started yelling the F word over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and my poor agent, my poor agent, Jamie, every time she calls me with the good news, all I do is curse at her on the phone. <laughs> She's used to it then. She's used to it. Exactly. That's drama. That's drama. You falling to your knees in Fideye. I love that visual. Yeah, I can't even imagine what people around me were thinking. They were literally like, oh, rough day. Rough day for this guy. <laughs> yeah. In New York, I mean, you see things. That's right. That's right. They probably just thought I was crazy or very hungry. <laughs> like, yeah. I get hangry. Is normal. <laughs> now, who else is in this cast? Because I obviously y'all filmed in Cleveland. Is that is that okay to say? We filmed in Cleveland, which uh, you guys may be all too familiar with. Oh yes. But um, we filmed the Cleveland, and uh, the four the four seasons were myself. It was uh, Andy Carl as Tommy DeVito. It was Matt Bogart as Nick and it was uh, Nick Jonas as Frankie and myself as Bob. And then, you know, the whole cast from top to bottom was absolutely unbelievable. One of the, one of my favorite people that I met there and worked with was uh, Michael Yuri, who played Bob crew. And he was completely fresh to the show and he was, he is absolutely unbelievable in the role. He's, he's everything you want that role to be and is so charismatic. I think everyone's going to love, oh my God, I can't wait. love the movie in general, but particularly love his performance. I love him in everything that he does. He's, he's so amazing. He's incredible. Going back all the way to Ugly Betty. I like I remember watching him in Ugly Betty with my parents in the living room when I was like, yay, yay high. Oh, I remember that too. You know, he was amazing and I recognized that he was amazing, but something about his performance scared the hell out of me because I like could recognize that he was playing a gay character and I was definitely gay. So it was like, it was very, it was like too close in a way. I was like, oh my God, I, I see too much of myself in this. So, I think that's because he mm. is that kind of actor though. He's hysterical. He never misses a beat, but he has this sense of empathy in every line read. He's great. He's so good. He's so charismatic. Did you guys see a, a single all the way? Yes. Yes. Yeah, of course. Of so course. good. So good. He's an, I, I, I could watch him. I, the, I could watch him read a phone book or like water his plants all day, which may be creepy, but <laughs> yes, he did have a plant storyline in that oh, movie. He did. Wait, wait, no, wait, was he the plant gay or was that his best friend that he ended up with? I think it was him. Cause the best, mm, the best friend bought like a property for, spoiler oh, alert, yeah, yeah, yeah. they like bought like a shop to turn it into or something. Okay. Wait, Matt Bogart. He's currently in paradise square. Correct. Okay. That's right. Okay. Yeah. He plays, uh, Nellie's husband. Yes, okay. I, I would thought he was hot. Is that okay to say? Anyway. Okay. So <laughs> oh, are you kidding? He's like Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Like he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. You're mm-hmm. so right. Wow. Yeah. And if you like, if you look up pictures of him, like uh, earlier on during his Broadway career, like he looks mm-hmm. side by side, exactly like Patrick Swayze. Oh my God. Uh-huh. I can see it. I can totally see it. So wait, did you, so you lived in Cleveland for a couple of months? Y'all we lived in Cleveland for two months. Um, wow. And we turned over every stone and nook and cranny that Cleveland had to offer. <laughs> Do you feel like you liked it? You know what? We we had a great time. Like we had a great time. Mm-hmm. We we took a 
we did a tiki barge uh, tour on Lake Erie that like, nice. around and um, we went to umpteen restaurants. Everything was along the water there, which is lovely. So we mm-hmm. honestly, we had a great time and we befriended like the whole whole hotel staff uh, at the time. There was this amazing girl, Natalie, who when I left, she suspected she was about to get engaged. So Natalie, if you're watching this, let me know if you got the ring. <laughs> <laughs> we have a huge Cleveland following, so she could be. This is big. This, this is, is huge. huge. Natalie, I I, uh, I still thank you for uh, greeting me every morning with breakfast. And uh, I, I miss our conversations. <laughs> <laughs> where did where do they put you all up? I think it was the Crown Plaza, right right on the corner there across from the theater mm-hmm. complex. Oh, how great. Yep. And I, I actually used to work there at Playhouse Square, that theater complex for a little while. And it's incredible. It's incredible. There's so many theaters there. And like you, you kind of have it all. Cleveland really figured out in the midst of COVID, they figured out the bubble. Um, and, and they just, they have all the actors housed in the hotel and then there's a Starbucks. So we would all go to Starbucks on our way to the theater at the other corner. Exactly. (laughs) And like, everything's right there. So like truly in the midst of COVID, the disaster that can be trying to do a project of that size during a global pandemic, they had a down pat. Y'all filmed it on stage. I keep thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, it was like a, or a single cam thing, but it was this, it's the, it's like a pro shot. It was Hamilton vibes, right? It was, it was Hamilton vibes, but here's the cool thing about it is that Des and his team are pushing the, uh, the medium to a slightly new level in, in the sense that it was filmed very much a la Hamilton in the theater. There was like techno cranes in the audience, like, uh, eight to 10 cameras out, like in the audience, all different angles, but what we did differently was the smaller, more intimate scenes, particularly between like Bobby and Frankie, they had steady cams over the shoulders on stage with us. So all oh, of a nice. sudden it kind of feels like it's, you're watching more of a movie of it and you kind of get lost of like, oh wait, am I watching these actors on stage or am I just watching the movie stylistically told in this fashion? Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Did you ever have an audience in there? You know what? There was a very select like VIP group throughout throughout the filming process, obviously, because COVID was still at its height. So like the selected audience had to be like so, so rigorously tested and whatnot. But the last day on set, we had an audience of 250 people. And that was like kind of just like all friends and family that flew in or drove in from all over the States. So that was honestly, that was my, my parents were able to come to that day on set and i will never never forget at the end of the show coming out of the trap door all four seasons with the spotlights on you singing the finale number and knowing that my parents were in the audience like next to nick uh and and these other two notorious incredible broadway powerhouses like it, it was it was it was a moment i will never ever forget Oh, that's so special. You mentioned you mentioned Nick Jonas, obviously. Um, <laughs> you know, Connor and I grew up in that era of like the Jonas Brothers and they had their TV show and Camp Rock and everything. Uh, what was your relationship to Nick Jonas before you found out you were gonna be starring alongside him? You guys, we like we I'm pretty sure that was all of our generation was a little like we grew up okay. we yeah, grew yeah. up with like our Disney Channel stars were Miley Cyrus. Nick Jonas, mm-hmm. Demi Lovato, Hilary Duff, like it was that whole yep. Selena Gomez. It was that whole era. Yeah. So it it felt so out of body on so many different levels. Just getting to do the movie by itself was so out of body. And then getting to work side by side with somebody who who honestly I just I look up to. I looked up to my whole life in terms of what what an incredible career him and his families ha- have had. And he yeah. has all of the talent. 
and hard work to justify all of the esteem of his career. He is he is so talented and so good in this role that like I, I genuinely think uh, if if it is eligible for accolades, he will win something of some some sort. Wow, I love it. Well, look, Hamilton got nominated for stuff, didn't it, Dylan? We're- yeah, Emmys and Golden Globes, yeah. right? CJ, you could be main Golden Globes for this. Even, it actually, it looks, <laughs> I can't even let myself think about any of that because because it is absolutely absurd. It's absolutely absurd. <laughs> well, you know, the look on your face did tell me you were kind of like in disbelief. Like that was, I loved it. Now I have to ask you this: Was Priyanka present? She was in Cleveland and came to set for a couple days, and she is the most lovely person. I debatably have ever met. She was oh, she's like breathtakingly beautiful. She is so kind and so stunning. I, I truly can't tell you enough. And like it, that they make complete sense as a pair because they are both such kind-hearted individuals and lead with respect. And like I, I it was such a pleasure getting to meet Priyanka. And on top of it, like just the the whole the whole cast in general. Yeah. But um, yeah, Priyanka, Priyanka was there and just as stunning as you think that she's gonna be. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then, then they produced Chicken and Biscuits on Broadway. They threw some money at oh, that, yeah. which is so cool that they exactly. then became Broadway producers. They really they're 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 strong advocates for the arts in general. So like I'm so glad that they're they're making investments like that. Particularly like when Broadway was and is in such a time of need. Like it I am so happy to see them like giving back in that way. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, definitely, I love that. Okay. Definitely. Enough about Nick and Priyanka, even though I do love talking about them. CJ, I'm wondering something about you, something we ask all of our guests. Mm. We like to go back to the moment when you realized that you enjoyed the performing arts in some way. We call it the ring of keys moment, that moment of recognition. Do you feel like you can pin it all back to that, to one experience when you're like, huh, I think I need this in my life forever. Okay. I think if I was going to pin it down, it would be between two moments, one of which involving my sister and one of which involving Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) So... So to draw, to draw, to connect the dots, my sister and I could not be more off- opposite. And she will, she will be, if she ever watches this, she will be flabbergasted that I just said that she's, she's my ring of keys moment. But, um, Aww. she in high school, she's uh, three years older than me. So she was a senior when I was a freshman. So when she was in high school and I was in middle school or elementary school, her and her friends wound up, wound up working the box office of the theater okay. of the musical. And the musical at the time was Bye Bye, Bye Birdie. And I had never seen a musical before. And so my family and I, my parents and myself, uh, went to go support Monica and went to the show. And it was the first time that I had ever seen this art form. And, and my parents, my parents will laugh that like the whole time I was just silent with my mouth down. And like, and I know that I was literally like, wait, they're singing and dancing in poodle skirts? Like, what, what is this? <laughs> What is this sorcery? So that that is truly when I know that some bug, some small bug bit me and I just didn't know exactly what it was yet. And then that paired with Kelly Clarkson, obviously season one of American Idol. It was the first time that I saw singers on stage and I wanted to do it. I, I just I wanted to I wanted to sing like Justin Guarini. I wanted to sing like Kelly Clarkson. I wanted to be this like pop artist. Um, and I remember going into the shower like every day and trying to sing riffs, trying to learn riffs like whatever Kelly did, just did. And 
I don't know, natural woman. I was trying to like sing it along with her and whatever Justin was singing to the high heavens. I was like trying to like figure out how to do that. And then that probably all culminated. I guess there's a third dot. Uh, that all culminated <laughs> when I ran into one of my best friends uh, in life, Katie McMahon, freshman year of high school. I had just started high school and she was on her way to go audition for the musical. And I was like, oh, musical. Like, oh, yeah, I saw Bye Bye Birdie. Like, th that seems cool. And she was like, why don't you just tag along with me? So I was like, okay, cool. So I like sign up. I was like, well, whatever. Like, I'll, I'll go up on and sing something a cappella. And I'm singing, I'm singing Mr. Cellophane from Chicago because it's the only song that I knew. Uh, <laughs> and the choir teaches me in front of the whole auditorium. The choir teacher stops me in the middle of the audition. And she goes, why aren't you in choir? And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I like, I, I don't even think I knew choir was a thing. And she was like, you have to be in choir. Like she, and then she pulled me aside afterwards. Like my audition literally stopped, pulled me aside afterwards. And then I was enrolled in choir from there on out. And like, <laughs> it, it was kind of just the perfect storm of, I don't know, these, these mentors and these people in my life looking out for me when I didn't even know what I was supposed to be doing. Like, Including Kelly Clarkson. Including Kelly. So Kelly, if you ever do watch this, you make me feel like a natural woman. Uh, I mean, <laughs> wow, 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 wow. That's amazing. Okay, funnily enough, around this time last year, we also had, we had Justin Guarini on our show. Oh, man. And he was amazing. Is there oh, a more a iconic duo than... I, literally, from Justin to Kelly, we of course got into it. You know, we had to, but... You have... And he's, she's amazing. He's, he's incredible. Yeah. He, and then, like, such a good guy. Uh, I just, I know him through the grapevine. He probably doesn't even know me. But um, hey, Justin. Oh, <laughs> but um, he might. But, he seemed like so genuine, and he had a great memory. Yeah. I also, him. that finale moment between them when like the fireworks come down during a moment like this, like mm -hmm. will will anyone ever forget that? Like, I think that shaped me. It's one of those things <laughs> that is so ingrained in our memories that I don't know, and that it might just be like it was the first of its kind for many of us. I can't think of many moments that were especially on Idol like that beyond there. But unless you're like a true. American Idol person, which I, we followed, we followed over the years. But oh, anyways, okay. Yeah. So, what was the musical that you were you did you get cast then? Freshman year? I did get cast. It was How to Succeed in Business, and I was cast as second man, and I had one line. Well, so she she kept you humble. <laughs> yeah, there was no there was no favoritism in. in <laughs> okay. Also, also, it was Crown Point was crazy in that it truly was the high school musical kind of high school where like our quarterbacks were also the lead of the musicals because they could also sing incredibly. So like there was there was no lack of talent in Crown Point and there still isn't. So I was very, uh, very lucky to also just be in that school system on top of that. So then how did you end up going from How to Succeed in Business to the national tour of the Book of Mormon? It was a lot of soul searching. So 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 I graduated. <laughs> I graduated high school. And I was like, cool. Like, I acting was really was really fun, but um, uh, I don't think you can like do that for real. So, so I went <laughs> to school. I went to IU for graphic design, like mm -hmm. I was saying, and then failed miserably at that. It was just miserable, absolutely miserable. And then I did Straight No Chaser, which is a men's acapella group. If you guys are familiar, yeah, they originated from IU, and so I joined them and essentially toured with them for a year. And I, in my mind, I was like, oh, this is a step closer to what I want to be doing. And then it was getting cast in Oklahoma, and I was one of the, one of the only non-acting majors at the time. And finally, all the dots connected themselves, and I called my mom, and I was like, I said verbatim, if you major in Plan B, you're going to do Plan B. So you have to major in Plan A. Oh, I love that. I love that. And my parents didn't even bat an eye. They, they have been so supportive from day one. They were literally like, 
okay, great. Well, you better work hard and, and you better never look back. And, and I haven't since. So, so I moved to New York after, after school and Book of Mormon was this like beautiful journey, coincidentally full circle. My, I moved to New York and my first two weeks there, I uh, made it to the final round of Bob Gaudio replacements at the August Wilson in my first two weeks. And I was literally like, oh, wow, this is, this shit's easy. Like, why do people go? <laughs> they didn't. I majored in plan A. <laughs> yeah. So, so they, they obviously didn't go with me, uh, which, which is great. Um, and so, uh, Book of Mormon over the next two years while I was living in New York, they kept calling me in and, um, you know, in, in the industry, there's just the jobs are so hard to come by. So you genuinely are kind of waiting around for your right track to open up. And so finally, the stars aligned. And uh, two years into living in New York, they cast me uh, and gave me a shot to go out on the road and do it, do it with the tour, the show, which was absolutely unbelievable. It was my first like it was my first like big gig. Mm-hmm. You learn so much about yourself, like doing a show like that. And not so much like that, that was that was my that was my dream show. It was that in Jersey Boys. So um, yeah, getting to do that for two years was absolutely unbelievable. And then I left there. And soon after that, Jersey Boys came my way. Um, and, and here we are today. <laughs> wow. Like I said, we have to figure out what's next. I'd love to see you originate a role. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be that would be absolutely incredible. And I, I do think that's in the cards. I have to be honest, I, I feel like I'm getting pulled stronger towards film and television right now. Which, okay. you know, is originating a role in, in its own way. Yeah. And uh, I think there's some exciting opportunities there coming down the line. So I, I'm excited to see like what that facet of the industry brings. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And of course, I'd be remiss not to mention your amazing EP, your original music that is so good. It's folky, but it's also like comforting and, and you really get to show off your full range with your own music. It's it's really amazing. Thank you. Thank you. That, I, every time I, that, that means a lot. That really means a lot. That EP was like such a labor of love and there's, there's new music on the way, which is very exciting. And uh, it's so funny that that whole process, like you're, you're writing what no one explained to me or maybe what no one talks about more of is like you're putting out for the world to like you're, it's a very personal insight into your journal. Like after a breakup, you're crying, like writing, get your feelings out. And then you like put lyrics to that. And all of a sudden the world is now judging your breakup or your experience <laughs> with falling in love or your mm-hmm. you know, whatever, you, whatever your inspiration is. So it was one of the most insecure things I had ever done. But um, I'm so happy with how that EP turned out. Lloyd, uh, my music producer, is absolutely incredible. And Casey Gasparini was featured on many tracks. Um, so good. It was such a labor of love and such a thing that I, I, I wanted to cross off my bucket list. And I'm so excited that there's more coming. So I, I'm very happy with how the universe responded. Oh, I love it. I love best part of me. That, like, oh man, if I wrote that at one of my darkest darkest moments like after dylan's like i love this dark moment you had it's fun it's like it's what a great outlet like oh my god it was like the one of the worst days of my life and i like sat on my bed and wrote it in a day because it was just it was so easy i was literally like oh my god like f my life (laughs) can we curse on here (laughs) oh yeah that was you it was like you saying fuck in fide eye but different just like just either yelling fuck to my agent or yelling fuck to myself sad on my bedside (laughs) right (laughs) do you find that like you do like the taylor swift thing or the adele thing where it's like this whole ep is about the same person or these songs are all really or i guess even olivia rodrigo now um is about the same person or do you feel like it's you have like the thought like okay this did happen about this one person or this one experience but you can generalize it in a way. 
You know, I think there's two. I think there's two ways to write a song. Uh, well, there's many ways to write a song, but um, I, yeah, it, to I think you can take a specific moment or a specific breakup, a specific love in your life, and you can try to make it more universal, and that's that can be successful in its own right. Or you can try to be as specific as possible, as we've seen Olivia Rodrigo do, and obviously that is so hugely successful. You're writing about that you guys used to eat cherry ice cream together mm-hmm. in a convertible, driving to Malibu, and like there's beauty in that specificity because even though it's specific to the artist everybody can relate and put that in their own lens mm-hmm. um so there's there's two ways to write to write a song i i would say best part of me is pretty specific uh-huh. and favor is pretty specific in terms of how like intent uh how somebody made me feel at the time but yeah i i think i think both are equally warranted in their own right Oh, I love it. Well, I'm very excited for more music to come. I know. In this next era of your life. DJ, you you feel like an old friend, but we sadly have to start wrapping up. But before we say goodbye, we do like to end on a dose of drama, which is our titular segment. You know, the podcast is called Drama, and we called it that because drama is life. It's everything. So in this segment, we like to share whatever we have on our hearts and our minds. It could be something you've been binge watching, you want to promote, just talk about, rant about, rave about, truly anything. And today, I'm going to have Dylan kick it off. Yeah. I mentioned I'm watching The Flight Attendant, but I also need to mention another HBO series that I'm loving already. As y'all know, I'm a true crime person. And The Staircase, the Netflix series, has now been reworked into a scripted series based on the documentary. And it is so good and so compelling. And it makes me want to go back and rewatch the very long documentary series. But so far, so good. And it's, check it out. I'm too scared to watch. No, it's not scary. It's not scary. It's twisty, though. Do you, do you like scary movies? I like, love scary movies. I do. I do, yeah. Connor likes to Google the plot of the movie and see if it's scary and then watch it. <laughs> no, no, it ruins it. <laughs> well, CJ, my thing is, if it seems like it's something that could really happen, it is too scary for me. But if it's something, you know, kind of ridiculous, I can usually stomach it. But like that's why true crime really scares me because like there could totally be like a stalker or you know something like that. Well, but... true is in the title. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is true for you. Have a scary movie, Rex CJ, because you were you were twiddling your fingers together naughtily. Oh, you guys, you're talking to a scary movie fanatic. Um, yeah, yeah. All time scariest still of our generation will be The Strangers Forever and Always. Like I don't know if you guys have seen it. I just watched it like, like in the last couple months. It is it is phenomenal. And the the reason why I, I praise it so much is because first of all, Liv Tyler's acting absolutely phenomenal phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um she can do no wrong ever since that thing you do. But usually in a scary movie, you're watching along as yourself and you're thinking, Oh my god, why would you go explore the woods by yourself? Like of course you're gonna die. And there's a little bit of distance there. The Strangers was the first time in my head when I was watching it in real time. I was thinking, oh, well, I would hide in the kitchen in the cupboard. And then she goes and does that. Still doesn't work out. And then, and then you're literally like, oh, well, I would go wait in the, in the bedroom with the shotgun and let them come to me. And they do that. And at the end of the day, spoiler alert, they still do not make it out alive. And it was so upsetting to me of like, I would have died. They did everything that my logical normal brain would have also done. I know. The scariest part for me is when you finally see one of their faces of the of the strangers and it's that girl and it's terrifying oh my god connor you have to watch it it's so good you guys you're making it sound good but i know i if i can't i can't watch it alone so i'll need i'll need to find i need to find a friend you need bourbon and friends bourbon and best friends 
<laughs> yeah. Totally. Okay, well, My Dose of Drama is not a scary movie, but rather I read a, a, you know, a young adult gay romance novel that everyone had been recommending to me. So I just want to share it with everyone because it was so cute and it was British. It's called Boyfriend Material and it's by Alexis Hall. And it's giving red, white and royal blue vibes if you guys have read that. But it is so corny, but it melted my heart. So I highly recommend it. And I know everybody's talking about Heartstopper on Netflix, which I haven't seen yet. But this book was so cute. I highly recommend it. And it was like kind of sexy, which I love for like a YA. So boyfriend material. Ooh. So good. I will definitely read it. You did. Okay. Did I buy that <laughs> you? For did. You? you got it for me for Christmas. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. What I'll a good brother. <laughs> He's a now, good brother. Now, CJ, in addition, in addition to The Strangers, is there a dose of drama that you have for us today? Okay, well, you were kind of just talking about it. All right, so obviously in my uh, winter depression, always looking for the next thing to watch. And Bridgerton season two, mm-hmm. I cannot even tell you how good I thought it was. And, and if I wasn't in love with Jonathan Bailey from season one. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't, which I already was, I am now head over heels. I am I am ready to propose. Jonathan, if you ever watch this, <laughs> I, I can offer you a beautiful life of of scary movies, of uh of Indiana corn whenever you want it. A New York a New York so, um apartment to live in, right? Exactly. With, with three snake plants, which I know the, uh, the listeners can't see, but they are right behind me. They're lovely. Um, well, they'll, they'll see when they follow us on Instagram and they <laughs> see the photo that we posted of the three of exactly, us. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We'll see mm-hmm. what they're missing. But, uh, you mentioned Heartstopper and that is absolutely incredible right now. The writing, yeah. the casting, the animation, the music, absolutely incredible. Couldn't recommend yeah. it enough. Okay. CJ, that scene towards the end of Bridgerton season two, where they're out. I don't want to give any spoilers. I mean, everyone's watched it already. When it finally happens for when them. they're outside. It's graphic I, as hell. You guys, I like, I had like full body, like quiver. I was literally oh like, what's happening? <laughs> I, it, man, it was, it was absolutely unreal. I, Jonathan Bailey, my number is two one. <laughs> Not you one too. Oh my God, CJ. I know he's really hot. He could be the next James Bond. Should he be the next James Bond? Not good. Wow, that would be incredible. And such a good actor. He's just, he's an incredible actor. Yeah, he has an Olivier. He does. Yeah. Huh. The, the more, more you know. know. The more you know. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> CJ, it has been so fun to finally do this. Thank you for joining us before Jersey Boys ends its run, but I have a feeling we'll be seeing more from you very soon. And I can't thank you enough for your time. Like I said, you feel like an old friend. Yeah, it was such a pleasure, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to next time that we can all get together. Yes, we'll have to have some bourbon, maybe watch a scary movie. Sold. You talk to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and of course, everyone should follow you. Is it just Instagram? Is it Twitter as well? Uh, no, I just have an Insta, actually. And you're just, it's your name, CJ Polakowski. And the link is going to be in the notes. But also, everyone should follow you on Spotify or wherever you stream music because you have some great tunes out there. Please do. Songs. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And while you're doing that, follow us at the Drama Podcast. We are, you can now follow podcasts on Spotify um, and Apple and Instagram as the Drama Podcast. Me as Dylan McDowell, Connor as Connor McDowell. And I think that's everything. That's everything. Connor, I'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.